0: Good morning, Liberty.
1: Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I'm by myself right now because Charlie is still somewhere on the other side of the world. He's across the pond. I think he is in Portugal right now. He told me he was in Lisbon. I don't think it's the one that I'm remembering from Ohio, but I think he's the one that is in uh, Portugal having a good time. He will be back sometime next week. I don't know. I'm just coming back from vacation. If you haven't been following along, I've been gone for a bit. And as everyone in here who knows, when you leave and you go on a trip, when you come back, everything's just sort of off for a bit. You know, just it takes a little bit of time to get back in the swing of things. So... That's definitely been happening with me. Luckily, today is dumb bleep of the week, the day of the week, where we finally get to point out all of the really dumb things that people have been saying. The live group, the Fed Haters Club, who join via joingml.com, they get to hang out. They're here right now. I wish they could make some noise or something, but they're here right now, and they're going to put their votes in to this show after I go through all of these things in the Dumb Leap of the Week voting channel right here in our private Discord. I think that about sums up what we're doing here today. So let's go ahead and get into this, even though it's only me. So we got, you know, half as many ideas, half as much talking. I have a feeling this is still going to be a very jam-packed, full episode. The first one's going to be about this CNN town hall with Donald Trump, which we haven't talked about because I wasn't here yesterday. The clips I saw were hilarious. I mean, let's just be honest. This was a magical night for Donald Trump. And if you're a Donald Trump fan, this was just, this was the greatest night since the election, the 2016 election that you've had in a long time. Uh, It was, (laughs) oh God, I miss him. I've got a button for that somewhere. I don't know where it is exactly. Um, It was specifically laid out to be beneficial to Trump, and it makes me think that CNN wants Trump to be reelected, which is what I tweeted out. That's the only answer. They knew exactly how this was going to go. It's not like they don't have any film to study on the guy. They knew exactly how this was going to go. I think they want him to for sure be the Republican nominee I wouldn't be surprised if they don't want him to get reelected so they can get back in the ratings game because they've clearly tanked afterwards. I don't think they would ever admit to that, but that could be part of the plan. So anyway, people on the left extremely upset, and this will be leading in a dumb bleep number one here, people on the left extremely upset that CNN hosted this town hall because, of course, everything that Trump says is a lie and he's inciting violence and he's just hurting our democracy every time his mouth moves, and CNN should not platform this kind of person. So all the first one for number one is going to be from Jack Cochiorella. Let's just say that. He says, I am disgusted by CNN. CNN spit in the face of journalism tonight. CNN spit in the face of democracy tonight. I will never watch CNN again. And neither should you. There are two things. That's fine. if If he doesn't want to watch CNN anymore, that's cool. It's fine if you're disgusted by CNN. But those two things there in the middle spit in the face of journalism tonight. Now, journalism, just in case you guys are wondering, the technical definition is you only show people what you want them to see. That's what journalism is. If there are other things that are happening, if there are other people on the planet or other people in the country or other ideas other than the one that you like, you don't show people that. Journalism is when you show people what you want them to see. And that also goes along with the next statement, which is democracy. They spit in the face of democracy. You see, in a democracy, you don't want people to see what their options are, and you don't want people to be able to speak freely about what their beliefs are. This is pretty simple. And so, uh, you know, I guess I align with him on this. It sounds just based as F right there. How about Robert Reich coming in on number one? He's going to have three entries, I believe, in this. Uh, Robert Reich says, Robert Reich III, sorry, I want to get it right, get it right. CNN's move to showcase Trump is a symptom of the media's addiction to both sidesism. Both sidesism. Everything is portrayed as legitimate two sided debate, no matter how reprehensible its ratings over decency, democracy, and the rule of law. What the actual F word is both sidesism. Am I to believe that this idea that when there are multiple opinions on a situation, that there are multiple points of view, if a news channel or a journalist wants to show that there are multiple points of view on a subject, that that is in fact committing an act of both sides-ism, it's almost a hate crime, honestly. It's a hate crime against democracy. We know that for sure. Both sides, these certain people out there will come up with any type of flag to throw like your whataboutism. Oh, when I point out something I don't like that you're doing, if you come back and tell me that I do that same thing or that I was just doing that same thing last week, that's whataboutism. I should be able to sit here and tell you about this thing that you're doing wrong right now, but you cannot bring up the fact that I also do that exact same thing that I'm accusing you. That is whataboutism. You can't do that. Then they got their straw man arguments. Basically, anytime you want to use a good analogy to to compare something so you can go over the principle of the matter, they hate it when you actually talk about the underlying principle of an idea. Drives them nuts. But anyway, both sides of them, that's a new one. So anytime you give any credence to anyone else's opinions, mm -mm, you can't do that. There are certain people like Robert Reich III, who get to decide what is a legitimate point of view and what is a legitimate two-sided debate. Okay, that's all. That's number one. We're just going to call it some of the CNN reaction. I know that there are plenty of upset lefties reacting to the CNN town hall. Those were just a couple of the craziest ones. That I care about Number two would be a really quick one. Representative Eric Swalwell. Now, unfortunately for the show right now, um, there's already a community notes on this tweet. So um, that's a good thing. We know that that's a good thing. You can't take a screenshot of the tweet anymore without the community notes. So it's already corrected right here. But Eric Swalwell says the party of a convicted. Sexual abuser. Now, this is in relation to the ruling, the finding of a liability on behalf of Donald Trump. In the, uh, I don't even remember the name of the person anymore. E. Jean Carroll. It's right there in the community notes. Okay. This was a civil case. All right. He was, he is not a convicted sexual abuser. He was found liable in a civil lawsuit for defamation and battery. So he is not convicted of sexual abuse. This is a representative, and this is a representative who was very, very worried about mis- and disinformation and the truth being out there. Someone who, I don't know his background, but could be a lawyer. A lot of these people are. And he's out there saying, oh, well, this person is a convicted sexual abuser. Nope, that's not how it works. That just ain't how it works. I'm probably a staffer posted it, but who knows? That was just number two, Eric Swalwell. We got a few really quick ones because we got a few really not quick ones as well. And Nina Turner. So this thing in Ohio, the GOP passes its proposal. Uh, their proposal is 60% for a 60% vote required for future constitutional amendments in Ohio. All right. Instead of 50%. So 60% for future constitutional amendments. And of course, this led to another democratic insurrection, which is fine nowadays. That's okay. It just depends on what the thing is that you're protesting when you take over the the uh, branches of government. It's fine. Nina Turner says, unbelievable. This is not democracy. Okay, well, first off, I mean, she's right. It's not democracy. Uh, it's... It's a republic. That's what it is. I, before I get to one of my bigger points on this, I find it hilarious slash ironic slash maddening to see... Anita Turner's black, by the way, if you know the, if you didn't know that. To see minorities advocating so hard for the tyranny of the majority... It is such a weird thing to me, and it's it's borderline hilarious at this point to be just working so hard for the idea that a pure, simple majority should be able to control the minority. What a weird idea for, for someone who's a minority to back up. And then the other part is they voted on this thing. Now, she cares so much about democracy, and in a democracy, when you get your 50.1% of the voter, in this case, it would just be 51%. Uh, if you if you get your 50, 51% of the vote, well, that thing goes, right? That's democracy. That's what the majority of the people wanted. But in this case, 62% voted for this thing that she doesn't like. And so now she says that that's not democracy because democracy is anything that receives 51% of the vote should pass and be fine, but this thing passed, and it had 62% of the vote, but it's not democracy, even though that's what the very much more majority wanted to go f- towards. I th- what I'm saying doesn't make sense, and that's why it's dumb, just in case you were wondering. I'm just trying to track out her logic here. We're going to go on with more Nina Turner. This is still number three, democracy, or this is, this is not democracy, Number three here, this is a, if you're listening and not watching on YouTube or Rumble or Odyssey or whatever, that's just so th- those three things. Uh, this is a meme and it says maybe a bunch of white slave owners from the 1700s did not come up with the best government ever. This is a picture of the United States and highlighted in yellow. We have several states and there are 46 Senators representing 40 million people and in, in purple or whatever color this is as a, as a dude, I'm just going to call it purple. There are 40 million people in California and there are two senators. So you could either argue first off, it's just not even, it's not even arguing from the right premise because they're not representing the people, they're representing the states. So when you when you divide it out by, oh, there's 40 million people and we have uh, 23 states highlighted right here. So there's 46 senators or 40 million people in California and they get two senators. Well, that's just not representing the people properly. Uh, the senators are supposed to be representing the states. We are supposed to be 50 separate sovereign states who came together and said, you know what, I know it's cool that we all do our own thing and all that, but shouldn't we all agree that we'll have a military that's going to protect any of our states if someone comes and attacks us? You know, that's, that's, a, that's an idea, and I happen to think that that's a good idea. Now, honestly, I think they could have stopped right there. I don't know that they had to go further than that. Maybe the maybe the judicial you know any kind of grievances between ah we're not going to go into that whole thing but the way people look at it now we're just one giant nation and the senators are representing the people. as Costco just said, he says, we have this thing, it's called wait for it the House of Representatives. it's literally... The House of Representatives, which are people that represent-tate, <laughs> to use my George W. Bush uh, impersonation for a moment. The people. That is what they do. Now, we're not done with this yet. We're not done with this because Robert Reich III, you guys remember him. We're still in dumb bleep number three, but holy crap. Uh, he says swing state voters will have more say over the 2024 election than the 80% of Americans in other states. Does that sound like democracy to you? Now they say this thing, does that sound, that this isn't democracy. Does that sound like democracy to you? No, and it's not supposed to. Thanks Robert for playing. We appreciate it because it's not a democracy. In the sense of the democracy that the U.S. has, we get to vote. We get to make our voice heard in our state. Okay, that, that is the way that this works. Does that sound like democracy to you? You see, by creating this fake thing known as the fact that America is a is supposed to be a democracy, they're able to say, well, this is not democratic. This is not a democracy. Therefore, we should change it. No, we're not this thing that you've created for a reason, Robert. Okay. Now, he's going to go over the uh, the tired old idea because he's a tired old towering man just the tallest guy you've ever seen you know other people they'll go after the way people look but i'm not going to this is one of the taller people that i have ever seen in my entire life and and, and not that that matters anyway um let's listen to a little bit of his tired old arguments for a short
0: a teeny tiny bit did someone else's vote count more than yours For 80% of Americans, that's exactly what's happening. Their vote for president isn't nearly as valuable as the vote of someone in a so-called swing state. Most of us live in states that have become so predictably Democratic or Republican that we're taken for granted by candidates. Presidential elections now turn on the dwindling number of swing states that could go either way, which gives voters in those states huge leverage. The 2020 election came down to just over 40,000 votes, spread across just three swing states. 2016 came down to fewer than 80,000 votes, also across three states. In those elections, the national popular vote wasn't nearly that close. In fact, in the last five elections, the winners of the popular vote beat their opponents by an average of 5 million votes. The current state-by-state electoral college system of electing presidents is creating ever-closer contests in an ever-smaller number of closely divided states for elections that aren't really that close. Not only that, but these razor-thin swing state margins can invite post-election recounts, audits, and lawsuits, even attempted coups. A losing candidate might be able to overturn 40,000 votes with these techniques. Overturning 5 million would be nearly impossible. The current system presents a growing threat to the peaceful transition of power. It also strips us of our individual power. If you're a New York Republican or an Alabama Democrat, presidential candidates have little incentive to try and win your vote under the current system. They don't need broad, popular support as much as a mobilized base in a handful of swing states. Now, he's presenting this argument as if if we went away from
1: the electoral college system, that uh, that we would all matter more. And the fact of the matter is um, those people's votes do matter, but they matter in their states, because the way that we do this is essentially the people of each state vote for who their state thinks the president should be. And since we are just a collection of states, those states say, okay, these are the people, this is the person that our people voted via a democratic uh, majoritarian vote, by the way, in our state, uh, to put forward as the president of the United States, us as the member of the United States. Now the national popular vote, here's the problem, where he says, well, these people in the swing states, don't have any representation. It'll be even worse after the national popular vote because you only would have to win L.A., Chicago, New York. I don't know. Name some other towns. Detroit, maybe uh, Austin, Nashville even, or Memphis. Some of these other big cities out there. You wouldn't have to go to any of the other states. You could just go to Literally, you could only campaign. You could campaign in 10 cities. And you could win. Philadelphia, yeah, there's nothing. I'm just blanking on big cities at the moment. I <laughs> can't remember enough of them. I 10 to 15 cities, and then you're done. That's it. You don't have to do anything else after that. You're good. You just need to win a a, a strong majority of people in each of those cities. And that's all you got to do to win these elections. So... Of course, people on the left like to push for that idea. And they always use this, uh, this popular vote. Oh, look who won the popular vote. It doesn't matter who won the popular vote. It, it literally doesn't. That's not the way that we do these things. The states are electing who they think should be the president. And that's the way, that's the way it should be. I think it's a great idea. And I hope that that's the way it stays. Um, because popular vote uh, sounds even worse to me. Uh, That's all number three. Number four, another really quick one. What a beautiful photograph of white male privilege and entitlement. Sums up who rules our country, says Dr. Charlotte Proudman. There is a community note on this. This is a picture of the king. This will be about the only thing that we mention about the king because I severely don't care about this. There's a king and then a bunch of other old white men standing around. And uh, says, what a beautiful photograph of white male privilege and entitlement. Sums up who rules our country. And luckily, community notes posted on here. For 134 of the last 200 years, the head of state of the United Kingdom has been a woman. That seems to be pretty. We literally just went from a queen that has been the queen for, I don't remember how long. I mean, so what, since like the... The 40s, the 50s, this I don't the 60s. I don't remember when it was. 1953. Okay, there we go. Thanks, Magoo. Look at that. That's even better than Chat GPT. That's better. This is the Fed Haters Club GPT <laughs> or what? Whatever. It's the Chat FHC. That's what uh that's what we call it around here. All right, number four. Uh, let's go to number five. Libs of TikTok posted this out. Denver City Council member Candace, who is running for re-election, says white-owned businesses should be taxed extra and redistributed to black-owned businesses. I'm going to play the video because she does say that, and there are a lot of other dumb things. This is Denver City Council, but this idea is clearly uh, infecting a, a lot of areas of our lives right now. So let's talk to Candace. Right, quick.
2: Capitalism was built on stolen land, stolen labor, and stolen resources. And a check today could not um, undo the cumulative impact of generations of that stolen wealth in all of those categories. And so I think it has to come in the form of land, labor, and resources in an ongoing fashion. And there are structures that we have that could be flipped to begin to do that, just that reparations. Um, in fact, my opponent here mentioned five points in the corridor and what has happened to our businesses there. Part of what has catalyzed that um, exponential decimation of black businesses is the five points bid, the business improvement district, which further steals um, from the community through taxation.
1: Now, hold on there. Just the last thing she just said. She's talking about this business improvement district, which steals from the community through taxation. Now she started off by talking about how all this wealth and this land and everything was stolen. And then she says, well, there's this business improvement district, which further steals from the community through taxation. She just said taxation is theft. And then we're gonna go on to talk more about the the rest of her ideas. I just wanted to point that out.
2: And I think there's a model that could be redistributed. Instead of a bid collecting extra taxation from the black and brown businesses that are struggling, you could be collecting those extra taxes from white-led businesses all over the city and redistributing them to black and brown-owned businesses who are not part of it. Or who are simply just black or brown owned. And that's one way to give back um, in
1: the business form fashion. That's going to make for a really nice community, everyone. Let me tell you what, if there is a special white ownership tax uh, that then is just given, I I'm just imagine you're in a here you are in your community, you got your shop, you got your store open. Now I'm imagining an old downtown area or or at least just a downtown area. Here's me, I got my shop. And I'm not doing any better than the guy next to me, by the way. Okay. It economy's rough. You know, we all just had to go through the COVID thing and all that. Times have been easier. We know that, but I'm, it's even harder on me because I'm paying a higher tax rate. I'm paying the special white guy tax. It shows up as a line on my thing is you got to pay your white guy tax and then give my money to the guy next door who's selling God knows what, and maybe he's having a tough time or not. Maybe his business is doing just fine, but he happens to be black. So they just take my money and they give it to him. It kind of sounds like a, kind of sounds like the mob really, or the mafia or whatever you want to call it, just going around collecting money from people only for not any kind of protection or benefits, uh, what whatsoever. So let's see if she says anything else.
2: I think when we talk about
1: um, resources being returned. Return to whom? Resources being returned. Okay, let's say she starts off the whole thing saying capitalism was built on all of the stolen stuff. <clears throat> we talked plenty about, about all of that before. You can go back to 980 episodes uh, before this. But resources being returned. To whom? Those people are dead. If she has a time machine, I demand to see this time machine. And if she's got one, then let's talk about it. Let's just talk about this whole thing. We'll go back, we'll get some of this money, we give it to those people. And if you give the money to those people that were being injured or stolen from, I assume that their descendants that have the store next to me are just going to be wealthy beyond their wildest dreams because that's how this works, right? You just pass the wealth down from generation to generation, it's never lost. That's not how it actually works.
2: This is where consumer-owned or municipally-owned resources are important because we are locked out of owning our control over our basic needs like um, water or utilities or any of those things. There is a way for us to change that structure and put black and brown people in ownership
1: positions over our basic needs. Are there... Are are there just there white people that own the water and the resources and they're not letting black and brown people have the water and resources? What's going on here in Denver? I know we got some Denver folks out there. What are y'all doing over there, Dave? What's going on? Come on, it sounds like a racist hellhole out there that people are having to live through. Ah. <sighs> And I, I saw someone else's saw someone else's uh, return. What was taken? That's the thing. You're going to return these resources to someone who resources weren't taken from. You're going to take it from someone who didn't take someone's resources. The entire idea is entirely preposterous. But I will say, recently, I would consider a trade. Uh, listen, I'm not really considering the trade, but this is how I feel on the matter. Anyway, I would entertain. I would entertain reparations, but here's, here's what we have to do. And I need this signed. I need it written in the law and I need it to extend out for a thousand years. We'll do some kind of reparations thing. And in return, I don't want to hear anyone bitching about anything ever again. I don't, and that would almost be worth it. Honestly, it's close to being worth it. If I could pay off these annoying ass people who are filling people's heads with the dumbest shit imaginable, then it would almost be worth it. And I'm starting to think that that is their plan. The plan is to annoy the hell out of people and make them dumber just because you shared the room with them until the point that they try to pay you off. This is like some kind of a sick ransom that we don't even know that we're involved in right now. I think that might be what's happening. And I'm considering it. I'm starting to consider the idea. But everyone has to shut their damn mouths afterwards because it's over after that. There's no more racism. There's no more disparities. It's all over. <sighs> but I can't do it because I can't I can't justify stealing from people to give it to other people, so we'll never be able to fake solve the problem, will we? All right, let's go on to, holy crap, number six. We're not doing that bad. It's 12.33 p.m. right now. Uh, let's go on to KJP. Now, uh, when we're talking about whether or not the U.S. is going to default... On our debt, KJP, she comes in to give us all a little bit of fiscal responsibility lesson. When you got debts, when you take, you know, when you get money, you get a house or a car, you pay your debts, okay? And that's what the Biden administration stands for. If you buy a car,
3: you are expected to pay the monthly payments. If you buy a home, you are expected to pay the mortgage every month. That is the expectation. That is the spending that you put forth or spending that you may have done before and now you're paying it every month. If you do not pay your car payment, if you do not pay your mortgage payment, then your credit is going to be bad. It's going to hurt your credit. So let's look at Congress for a second. This is spending that they've already done They've already spent, let's for not forget the $2 trillion Trump tax cuts that they were willing and happy to vote for. So we're telling them or saying to them, do your job, pay for something that you've already spent on. That's it. This is spending that has already occurred. They need to do the right thing that has been done 78 times since 1960.
1: All right, the obvious, obvious response which people are already hitting in the group Um, literally talking about canceling a bunch of people's student loans who signed the line saying that they're going to pay back the loans, but that's apparently not something that you have to do. Notice she didn't put that just about your car and your mortgage. Well, guess what? When you take out those loans and you get that car, you get that house, you are expected to pay your debts. But guess what happens when you don't pay your debts? you'll end up defaulting on the loan. It's not that hard. So this is a really dumb argument because in my opinion, she's making the argument, well, I can't pay my car payment. Well, I can't pay my house payment. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go rob some people. I'm going to go steal a bunch of people's money because I pay my debts. I got this car and I got this house and I'm not the kind of person who defaults on my debts that I took out. So watch out, neighborhood, because I'm not going to default on this stuff. I'm coming for your money right now. But in the case of the U.S. government, they want to take it from your grandkids and their standard of living that they could have versus uh, what they could have had. So really, really stupid argument to be making. It makes no sense at all. I believe that was number six. Yes, that's number six, KJP Financial for the the financially responsible KJP. Number seven. This is from AG Brian Schwalb. Now, I was told that no one was going to come for your gas stoves. I mean, wasn't that a thing? We talked about the gas stoves quite a bit. I was told no one was going to come from that. And then I find, and I, I while I was gone, I believe... I can't remember what city it was. Could have been New York or whatever. Uh, New builds, new apartments. It's not that they're coming to take your gas stoves that you have right now, but they're going to make sure no one in the future has them. And then you can't uh, get new ones or you can't build a place that's going to have them. So if you want your stove, you got to keep your house or the place that you're in right now. But anyway, AG Brian Schwab reason I bring this up is because I was told that this is all just a bunch of right-wing Republican fear-mongering clickbaiting, and this is something that no one would ever actually care enough about. Today, I'm leading 11 AGs calling for the federal action to address the health and safety risk of gas stoves, which emit pollutants that have a disparate negative impact on children and underserved communities, and put... D.C. residents, how does it have more of a negative health impact on an underserved person versus a, a served person that's got a gas stove? Here I am, a served individual, and I have a gas stove, and here I am, an underserved individual, and I have a gas stove. And underserved communities and put D.C. residents at risk of asthma and other respiratory illnesses. Luckily, there is already a community notes on this saying, this is a post from PubMed, according to the largest peer-reviewed analysis of any link between gas stoves and childhood asthma, 500,000 plus children sampled worldwide, there is, quote, no evidence of an association between the use of gas as a cooking fuel and either asthma symptoms or asthma diagnosis. So, great, IG, Brian Schwab. And also just want to add in all the people saying, oh, this is ridiculous. No one's no one's trying to outlaw. No one's trying to ban gas stoves. This is just a ridiculous right-wing outrage machine. Number eight, we got really bad crimes going on right now. You know that a lot of people in the big cities have been having an issue, a lot of issues with crime. Then you got some of these, you got some of these lawyers out there, got some of these prosecutors don't want to prosecute people. We found some really bad ones, though, and some ways to solve these crimes, of course. This is a ridiculous one. Homeless man charged with hate crimes for defecating on pride flags at a Manhattan restaurant. That's an actual article, okay? Okay. Uh, here is, we'll go to another one. Leftist face test of ideology after a homeless black man arrested for defecating on pride flag. That's a thing. Uh, I'm going to actually pull up the article here because this is one that I found uh, right beforehand. Bear with me for one quick second. Okay. Okay. Here's this one from the Tampa Free Press leftist face test of ideology. There we go. A New York case will surely challenge the left's commitment to its ideology at times over the past two years. For example, liberals in South Florida have gone apoplectic when drivers usually found in pickup trucks have defaced gay pride flags painted onto the streets in places like Fort Lauderdale and Delray Beach. And so, of course, those were hate crimes as well. But in New York City on Wednesday, however, the left got a test. New York Post reported that a 45-year-old Fred Innocent, his last name is Innocent, was arrested and charged with a hate crime for defecating on the pride flag. Uh, Innocent allegedly, his last name's Innocent, allegedly relieved himself on a pride flag outside a restaurant Around 10 a.m. on April 15th, according to authorities, the alleged defecator then took another nearby pride flag and used it to wipe his butt. And there's video of this happening. And this is, of course, such a terrible, terrible crime. But it turns out innocent is black and homeless. So this is a confusing situation. As PJ Media noted, on Thursday, the case presents a conflict between one of the less favorite kinds of city dweller, a deranged homeless person of color, and one of the less most revered symbols, their beloved flag of pride in one's exotic sexual behaviors. I didn't write this. Okay. This is clearly got a slant to it. Uh, for nearly two weeks, the leftists in New York City have been defend—oh, defended a violent homeless black man. Now they're talking about Jordan Neely. Not going to go into that. All right. So that's one thing that they're going towards. I got you. That's a hate crime. You can't have that. Homeless people can, of course, do almost every single other thing that they want to do, but there is one rule. There is only one rule in Homelessville where you can essentially do everything. The one rule is you do not offend the Letters Plus community. You cannot do that. You do not defecate on the flag. All right? That is treasonous. Okay? That is the most unholiest of unholiest things that you can possibly do in 2023. You just can't have this sort of thing. Here's another one. This is still number eight. Just really bad crimes, and the governments are are fixing the situation and making people safer. Still number eight. Baltimore is suing Hyundai and Kia over rampant car thefts. Should be Hyundai, I guess. That's the way that you say it. Hyundai and Kia over rampant car theft. Baltimore is suing Hyundai and Kia over rampant car thefts. Now, I would assume that means that the people who run Hyundai and Kia have been going around and stealing people's cars. That's the only thing that I can come up with from the article headline. But that's not the case. And Baltimore has joined cities across the country in suing car manufacturers, blaming hundreds of car thefts in the city this year on the company's alleged cost-cutting measures. Certain models of Hyundai and Kia vehicles have been targeted by auto thieves in a wake of a series of social media videos, mainly on TikTok, that demonstrate how easy the vehicles are to start without a key. Police departments all across the country have been dealing with a rash of Kia and Hyundai thefts after videos showing how easily some models can be hotwired using something as common as a cell phone charging cord went viral on TikTok. Baltimore police said car thefts are up 95% this year, with 41% of them being Kia vehicles and Hyundai vehicles. Uh, let me see. Mayor Brandon Scott and Commissioner Michael Harrison said Kia and Hyundai need to be held accountable for the recent rise in thefts of their cars. <laughs> oh my god, this is awesome. So the the city, now remember, we have we have these governments because they keep us safe. And we, of course, you got to have taxation because we got to have police and fire departments and they, they keep us safe as well. But one of the ways they're going to keep us safe, I guess, is when a bunch of cars get stolen and your property gets stolen, the real perpetrators of the crime, they're going after them. And that is, in fact, the manufacturers who did not make them more theft-proof what about the people who stole the cars? I'm just asking, I know that that's wrong of me to ask, but there are in fact people who stole these cars. What about them? And then what I also want to know is why is the city doing this lawsuit when, if there is an issue, if there's a defect in one of these cars, and the people could sue if, if they could find that, but you still have a Criminal who broke into your car and stole it. How's the man, the person who made it, getting sued? This is ridiculous. This has to be fake. It's not, though. Well, I was going to say it's not because it's from CBS, but that doesn't mean anything. Oh, Lord, what is happening right now? All right, I'm not going to read through this whole article because number nine has a lot. Number nine is guns. And of course, this is going to have a lot to do with this recent. Mass shooting, which is weird. We got like multiple mass shootings every day and I haven't heard anything about them. I'm not really sure where they are. But anyway, you do the math on that one. Uh, let's see, let's get to this video, which is an actual ad from the FBI explaining how you can survive a mass shooting. Now, I'm going to play it. It's not going to be dumb for many of the reasons that, like this person, thought it was dumb when they posted it. Uh, but I'm going to play it, and many of you will know why I find this to be uh, just ridiculous. Let's let's listen in. All right. We'll get through some Hi, bad can acting I get you here. With drinks? Oh, sorry. I got to take this. We'll
2: need a minute.
3: Graphic.
1: Graphic. Why does everything the government make look like an SNL uh, short? Like one of those things that um, Andy uh, Samberg did I can't remember what those are called That's what they all look like um, Anyway we'll keep playing that one oh!
4: instructions.
2: I'm in the direct line of fire if I head for either exit. But I have other options to help me survive. Guys, come on, in here. Come on. Go, go, go. Lock and barricade the door. The exits are blocked by the shooter. I gotta stay hidden. I'm no victim. I'm ready for this. He's applying direct pressure to the wound to stop the bleeding until we can find a tourniquet. In the meantime, turn off your phones and make a plan to defend yourself.
1: (laughs) Okay. Let's stop right there. Make a plan to defend yourself. So... She's holding, I don't know, a vase or something, some type of artifact. I don't really know what that is. He's holding a fire extinguisher. Uh, I think someone else is going to grab like a blender or something here in a bit. The guy behind the bar, what's he grab? Alcohol bottle or maybe a blender or something like that. Um, just saying, get those people with guns. I mean, that would be way better right? Wouldn't that be better? Can someone back me up on this? I also am interested, you know, the person who ran, they, tried, the casting was interesting too. I mean, of course they got to play to specific audiences, but the person who ran out to the cops with her hands up and gave the advice of run out with your hands up. So they don't shoot you as a black girl. And then the, uh, other one who gave the advice on barricading yourself in a room was a white girl. And then the, um, The guys here who choose to, uh, the people who choose to stand up and fight the person are a bunch of white dudes right here. How about that? Um, That's interesting. I don't know why everything the government makes ends up looking so, well, yeah, sure I do, but it's awful. Of course, they didn't mention gun laws or Second Amendment or the idea that, hey, if you had a gun, you just kill the guy. In fact, you save a lot of people's lives if you're able to do that, and there have been several potential mass shootings that have been stopped like that. We don't have those in our statistics because they're kind of difficult to know how many people would have died, but they do exist. All right. That's how we're kicking off the gun segment It's just this thing from the FBI. This is all number nine. Brianna Wu, <clears throat> who apparently thinks she's way more important than she is. I don't even know who the hell she is. I looked at her bio and I still don't care. Attention conservatives, with every mass shooting where you choose to do nothing, my willingness to compromise wanes. Well, I'm terrified right now. Today, I'll settle for training requirements and background checks. Keep ignoring this, and I'll support an outright ban. F around and find out. Don't, do not cross Brianna Wu, okay? Do not. She says, today I'll settle for training requirements and background checks. Keep ignoring this, and I'll support an outright ban. Now, why would you change your support? Are you not a principled person? Do you think that there should be outright bans, or do you think that there should be training requirements? Why, why would you Why would you change that, first off? A second off, I don't get two shits what you think at all, uh, because you're wrong, and I got the right to defend myself, whether or not the government gives me a piece of paper or tells me which guns I can and can't own. I still got that right. All right. Training requirements and background checks. What the hell is a training requirement? Do you think that our mass shootings have happened because of a lack of adequate training on weapons? Do you think it was an accident? Anyone? Imagine how much worse they'd be if we have well-trained shooters out there committing to the mass shootings. What the hell is she talking about? Exactly, Councilman. You want to train the mass shooters? <laughs> What kind of an idea is this? In background checks, have any, when's the last mass shooting that happened with a legally purchased firearm, actual legally purchased firearm, where the person just went and got it legally and didn't have to go through any kind of a background check? What is it? I had a, I had someone mention this to me last week, like, well, I think we need to do, you know, what about at least some stuff like training requirements and background checks? Almost the exact same thing. And I said, hey, I got three guns in my house right now I didn't buy any of them. What's going to stop that? Now it's 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 called a straw purchase if you buy it for someone because they wouldn't be able to pass a check and so you go and buy it for them. That that's not the case. I would be able to pass whatever the check is. But people would still do straw purchases. I mean, people people do this all the time. <clears throat> what what are you going to do? The training requirement, that's great. I got three guns in my house. I didn't buy any of them at all. And in fact, the person I was talking to was like, oh, yeah, same for me. We're not just doing things that make each other feel better here, right? That's not what we're trying to do. We actually want to do something that would would matter, which is not going to have anything to do with the guns, by the way. Kamala Harris says, ban assault weapons, enact red flag laws, require background checks. We need leaders in Congress and state legislatures nationwide to have the courage to act and to take action on actions with courage to act to end violence that is harmful to our courage to take action and act okay i added i kamala ad-libbed some of the last part we got no evidence that banning assault weapons said anything second that's number two because number one is f off Number two is we got no evidence that those things actually did anything. Red flag laws, you want to take guns away from people before they've even committed a crime? Because their girlfriend got mad at them? No, that's not a good idea. Or because the government decided that they were a potential domestic terrorist because they liked the wrong Twitter post? And then the background checks. The mythical background check system that we have right now. Gavin Newsom, after the shooting, there was an NBC News post about the shooting. He says, this is freedom to be shot at a mall, shot at a school, shot at a church, shot at the movies. We have become a nation that is more focused on the right to kill than the right to live. This is not what American people want. Do your damn job, Congress. California's ranked number one in mass shootings, by the way. I looked it up on that violence project. Um, Archive as far as the the total amount that have happened according to the violence project. I was looking at that earlier. More focused on the right to kill than the right to live. No. The fact that you think people can own guns or the fact that you recognize that we have the right to own weapons does not mean that you have a right to kill I'm pretty sure there's laws against that, Gavin. There's more of this. We'll skip past him, okay? What about Representative Stephen Woodrow from from Colorado? This is all number nine, guns. Jews were disarmed. This is where you think this is going to be like a pro-Second Amendment argument, right? Jews were disarmed. Okay, so now we're going to talk about how it's dangerous to disarm the people because the government will harm them. But now we're going to go to a different argument. Jews were disarmed. Their German neighbors were not. Yet all those armed Germans didn't, didn't do a thing to stop Hitler. In fact, they helped keep order. Same with the South. Armed Southerners didn't free black slaves. In fact, they helped keep order. Guns help Tyrants. I've seen this argument before, and the argument goes like this. The tyrants wouldn't have been able to tyrant without guns. Meaning, no one should have any guns. But who takes away people's guns? People with guns. I don't understand how people's brains, I don't, you know, without saying anything too mean, I just, there's different people out there. There's a lot of people that are different and it's not their fault. They were born that way. Okay. But it doesn't mean that people have to follow them. But if you can make that argument make sense in your head, you're not listening to this podcast right now. I guarantee you. John Cooper said, who do you blame for the Allen, Texas shooting? A- Fox News, B, Greg Abbott, C, NRA, or D, all of the above? Well, what's your choice? Sadly, wasn't enough room to put the shooter on the list or the CIA. You didn't have room for either one of those? Okay, that's weird. It's all of those other people, definitely not the person who fired the shots. You could never blame that person at all. This is a weird society where we live in, where you're not even going to blame the person who committed the shooting. Now it's just the people who aren't enacting these mythical laws that are going to stop these things from happening. They're all demagogues out there. They're telling you, if you just, if we just write our names on the perfect piece of paper, nothing bad's ever going to happen again. What a ridiculous idea. Uh, Number nine, Benjamin Dixon said Tim cast inspired the neo-Nazi shooter in Allen, Texas. Ben Shapiro inspired the Quebec mosque shooter. Matt Walsh and libs of TikTok inspired bomb threats at children's hospitals. Charlie Kirk sponsored 80 buses to January 6th. MAGA Media is a national security threat. We're running long on time right now, so I'll, I'll let you craft your own thoughts. Robert Reich? I will say it again. The Second Amendment was never intended to license mass slaughter. Is that Should that even be in dumb? That's a true statement. I don't know if that... Maybe it shouldn't have been in dumb. I guess it's only dumb if you think that people are actually making this argument. He's... Um, is that a straw man? I don't know. I know that only the left is able to throw flags on arguments, but it kind of sounds like a straw. No one is arguing that the second amendment is a license to mass slaughter people. They're not. So I guess he's right about this, except for he's arguing with someone who doesn't exist. And David Hogg says, Republicans are not the party of law and order. They are the party of anarchy and anarchy is not freedom. Now, I'm not an anarchist, so I'm not going to talk on all of the anarchist ideas. I won't do it because I haven't spent enough time thinking about it or reading people who have thought about it quite a bit. So I'm not going to come in and talk about how anarchy would or wouldn't work. Except for the fact, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain it wouldn't work. Uh, when you, I don't think there's a possible situation where we have no rulers. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, Republicans are not the party of law and order. They are the party of anarchy. Now, the problem is, this sounds like an advertisement for Republicans. Because if they were, I'd be a little bit closer to supporting them, probably. Uh, But they're not. They still want to rule over you. They still want to take your money and use it on all sorts of things. In fact, they'll even pass some gun laws. Stuff like that. But David Hogg, Orange Square, uh, is... trying to tell everyone that that's not the case. Republicans just want no laws, just lawless land. If the government can't take your guns away from you, they just want a wild, wild west out there. Could have just said wild west, but um, I haven't seen that movie in a while. Have you guys seen that in a while? All right. What else we got? I'm going to, this is still number nine right now, but I got to just tell you about this. I got to tell you about this article from the New York Times. The reason I'm going to tell you about it is because I started watching the new season of Waco. I don't know if you guys watched the first ones, Got Michael Shannon and uh, Taylor. can't remember the guy's name, last name. Um it was a it was a a good show. I thought the the first original Waco season was really good as someone who was clearly small, government libertarian minded. It made the government look, Terrible, terrible, and it didn't spend a lot of time making uh, making the Branch Davidians look insane or anything. There is a second season on. Well, I believe I was watching it on Showtime. It still has Michael Shannon in it, uh, so it's the same, same time, same timeline. Uh, it's got some replaced actors in it, like the guy who plays uh, David Caresh. <clears throat> is that his name? Uh, the guy who the guy who plays him has been replaced, uh, but anyway, this one is a makeup season because in the first one they made the the ATF and the FBI look as they should have. In the second season, this is a makeup season. They wouldn't be surprised if they if they fund, if it was funded by Bellingcat. I don't know. Um, this one is all about how Waco inspired the rise of right wing extremism. Of fascist and white supremacist and KKK. And of course, there's all types of uh, ways that they tie it into what's going on right now. Although not, not entirely, obviously, it's still watchable for the most part. Uh, it is still interesting. And they actually make it a point to show numerous times over and over again that Timothy McVeigh of the Oklahoma City bombing fame was inspired. Uh, as a as a payback for what happened at Waco and Ruby Ridge. And they, they do make that point several times in the in the show. In the, in the uh, first episode even, it starts off with a choice that the government has essentially after Waco. They can either admit that they screwed up terribly and apologize and take accountability for it, or they can say that they did nothing wrong, and this was all on the Branch Davidians, and this was all a mass suicide and all their fault and go towards that way. And that's the direction that they ended up choosing. Uh, which the main character, Michael Shannon's character, uh, says is what is inspiring all of the right-wing extremists uh, to, to pop up. Because they didn't just take accountability and say they screwed up. Anyway, aside from that, the New York Times has an article out saying, Timothy McVeigh's dreams are coming true. I'm not going to go through the whole thing because we have already uh, gone over an hour now. The basic idea, I'll read you the first paragraph. Timothy McVeigh, the right-wing terrorist who killed 168 people in the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing, Oklahoma, sorry, cared about one issue above all others, guns. To him, guns were synonymous with freedom, and any government attempt to regulate them meant incipient tyranny. Now, the even this TV show, the things that you read up on Timothy McVeigh, the very first thing that they show is why did he do the Oklahoma City bombing? And I know that there are tons of alternate theories about what happened. I'm no expert on those theories, so I'm going to go with the main theory right now. Anyway, all of them say that he was inspired by what happened at Waco and Ruby Ridge, for all the people that were killed there. That might have had to do, maybe guns were his biggest thing. And essentially now, the New York Times, this opinion column says uh, McVeigh's dreams are coming true, one, because we have a bunch of right-wing extremists out there committing mass shootings and killing people, and two, that this idea that we all must have our Second Amendment rights and our right to bear arms, that we're, it's so ingrained that we'll even put up with all of these terrible mass shootings because we must keep our right to bear arms so we can hold back a tyrannical government. And that is essentially how they tie this in. And that this is something spawned by Timothy McVeigh, although, of course, they're not all his original ideas, but that he may have really sparked the revolution that he was trying to to spark when he did. You know, he was wanting to spark a, a revolution in the U.S., essentially. And that, that maybe he actually did. It's just been these little terror cells that have been going around, uh... Killing people slowly, and then we won't we won't give up any of our gun rights because we must protect ourselves from the government. And this is just Timothy McVeigh just rolling around like dancing in his own grave. Not not like because he's upset; he's just happy. He's got the excited twirls going on in there. Okay, so that's the idea from the New York Times uh, from that opinion. I would recommend watching, especially the first season of Waco. The new season. It's okay if you remind yourself that they do start off by telling you that these people are inspired by the government killing, you know, 80 people uh, among them women and children and then not taking accountability for the things that they did wrong. And so therefore these people are upset and they want to get back at the government. It's okay if you remember that that is how they start the the show. The last thing We'll go over real quick, it's an act, it's, it's, it's real, we have a new ism, this is childism, this is dumb believe number 10, and let's play this video right quick, it's under a minute, childism, don't commit an act of childism. Do
4: you know- Childism. This term hasn't trended yet. If people aren't talking about this, I think it's totally valid. Childism is the idea of well, sexism, racism, discrimination against your sex, discrimination against your race. Well, childism is discrimination because you're a child. Like for example, if a student were to come up to me and say, Hey, Desi, I'm non-binary. Can you call me they? And I told that student, Oh, honey, you're way too young to know your gender identity. This would not only be transphobic. This would also be considered childism. Not only am I not respecting their pronouns, I would also be discriminating against. Against them because of their age. I'm saying they are too young to know what their gender identity is. But you can do this in other ways too. If you don't respect children's opinion, which are completely valid, that's a form of childism. Well enough credit because it happens all the time. Just like ageism is a thing, we are discriminating against old people, childism is a thing too. Children need more of a voice in my opinion. So I'm a teacher. This helps.
1: legalize gun ownership all the way down to the point that you can hold a gun. That's what I heard from that right there. I mean, I don't want to discriminate against a kid because they're a kid. Honestly, that would be wrong. A kid can do the same things an adult can do, right? How did this, how did this happen? I heard another quote or I heard another video going around that we needed to learn from our children how the... I'm trying not to say the F word today. It's just such a tough day to not say the F word. How do you F? Did we get to the point where parents need to learn from their kids? You're, it's your kid. They're supposed to learn from you. What are you learning from them? They don't know anything. They're kids. And now if a kid has an idea, you can't say, well, I can't take you seriously because you're a child. That's childism. That's wrong. You can't invalidate what your children want or say about themselves. Oh my God! This is a this is a mental disorder. It is. This is a mental problem. Uh, this is this is what's wrong. This will really make you nihilistic. I'm sorry to go. I'm sorry to send you off into the weekend with the fact that people like this exist out there. But entirely entirely ridiculous. And it's no coincidence, by the way, that some of the worst things that have happened in history, just say in the 20th century, used child armies. Did they not? We even had like the Hitler Youth. And then we had the, we had the Mao's, what was it, the Red Guard, the kids. Um, they always use kids. And that, that's one of the reasons it bothers me so much. Kids are so easily malleable. You can, you can convince them to do anything because they don't know anything. Their prefrontal cortex hasn't developed yet. They don't have any knowledge of the world at all. They've never been out in the world at all. They can't make good decisions based off of no information. And we're supposed to listen to them because they think something. And I'm not saying this to like hate on the kids. They're kids. It's not their fault. But for the adults that are okay with this idea, there is something terribly wrong with your brains. I'm sorry. I know that you don't tell, crazy people don't know that they're crazy. And so I guess this is pointless to say. But what we can do is not give in to these ideas because this person, whatever she's doing here, um, this person is crazy, but probably doesn't know it. You know, and so maybe it's not even her fault. But for all the people who hear this and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it doesn't make kind of sense. No, it doesn't. It's dumb. Okay, let's go get these votes in right quick. Make sure we got them all. We see number one was the CNN bad journalism. Number two, uh, convicted sex offender Trump. Number three, this isn't democracy. Um, Sorry, I was trying to put this. Uh, Number four, uh, the king and male privilege, number five, the Denver Council reparations idea, number six, KJP talking to us about being financially responsible, number seven is the uh, the gas stoves that no one's coming for, number eight are those really bad crimes, like defecating on the pride flag, and suing, we'll cover, I'm going to have to cover this more next week because I barely... I barely saw this before we started the episode, but the idea of suing a car company because their car was easy to steal. What? Uh, Then number nine, all the stuff having to do with guns and the mass shootings. Number 10 is childism. Childism. Getting their votes in while you're getting your votes in. Let me tell you all, hey, download the Converso app. The link is in the show notes and you can text us. There's also the, the numbers down there in the show notes. Text me, talk to me. I'm about to go up to Illinois and see my family. Mother's Day weekend, of course. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Um, <clears throat> and sorry if that was a... Uh, this is a sad weekend. For the people who find this weekend to be sad, I am uh, sorry about that, and we all care about you and, and love you, okay? And we're all, we're all sorry about that for, for whatever reason. Uh, so make sure you text me while I'm gone on Mother's Day weekend Converso, by the way, is a privacy app, privacy-centered app. What I really like about it is you can block screenshots. Uh, you can unsend messages. You can send dis- disappearing messages. They don't collect any data whatsoever. Uh, so, And they've, they've got a lot of new things happening. You know, right now, you've got calling and texting with absolute privacy. Uh, this is the first iteration of the app, so uh, stay tuned for sure. Link is in the show notes. Find this on Converso. And then the Fed Haters Club, guys, this is the, other than all the cool free things that you can do for us, like sharing and all of that, okay, uh, going to joingmail.com, joining the Fed Haters Club, and those of you that I'm hanging out with right now, what's up, y'all, I'm so happy that you're here hanging out, uh, this is super important, okay, it's six bucks a month, probably going to be going up soon for, for new people, just so you know, six bucks a month, or you can choose from other plans. And you hang out with us when we do our episodes live. And then we've been on vacation, so things have been a little bit off uh, for a bit. It's uh, crazy important because this is like the main way that we're able to keep doing the show. Uh, we have some advertisers, of course, as you can hear. And we get, you know, of course, some income from those things. Uh, but the people who are subscribed and hanging out with us all the time, uh, main reason that the show is able to keep going. So we greatly appreciate all of you, like more than I can even say right now. And to everyone who's listening uh, right now, you should join the group that I just said I appreciate a lot. Who won the dumb bleeps? It's the gun conversation, all the gun topics. I don't know if Costco submitted every single one of those things, but if you are involved in any of those things, <clears throat> that um, if you were involved in any of those things, that are in, uh, number nine, that whole gun conversation that we just had. Uh, and let me know some of those were my submissions. I know Costco had a couple who submitted the, uh, the Timothy McVeigh article that was included in number nine. I think that was Costco also. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's what I thought. I think you said the first couple lines <clears throat> were already terrible. So I, uh, I checked it out. If anyone had any of the other portions, any of the other tweets that were involved in that, then let me know because you'll be added in the running for Dumb Leap of the year when we uh, when we choose who that person is at the end of the year. And the person who submitted it will get a, a trophy. And it's super important, very important trophy that you want to win. Okay, guys, I got to go. Got to go up to Illinois. Got to try and beat the traffic. Thank you for hanging out. I will talk to you on Monday. Charlie won't be here basically all week. Maybe he'll be here on Friday, but I will talk to you on Monday, okay? Do all the things that we just talked about, and I mean all of them. Until then, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Be good. Don't drink and drive unless you're really good at it. Do all those things. Talk to you soon. Have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.